Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, welcome Transformers. We're so excited that you're joining us this morning. Well, we're in this brand new series that we started called Being Positive. And so today I want to talk to you on the subject of transforming truths to build confidence, right? And so positivity is such an important ingredient in our life. And to be positive will actually help us maintain a great outlook on life. But being positive is often difficult in difficult circumstances, right? You understand what I mean? Because sometimes we struggle to have a positive outlook on life. You know, and the number one thing we struggle with being positive about, you know what it is? It's ourselves. I know I struggle with that all the time. We look down on ourselves, don't we? We often think that we are inadequate, that we're not capable. We struggle with a whole host of insecurities in our life that we go through from time to time, sometimes early in life, sometimes later on in life. It really depends on the circumstance and time. But we struggle with being confident, you know. And so I look at circumstances this way, you know, as many of you know, I love basketball. I love watching basketball. I used to play basketball, not so much these days, but I love playing it as well. And watching basketball, one of the things that I love is seeing the confidence of some of these all-star players. They're playing at such a high level, but they have such amazing confidence in themselves. They love taking the shots. And you know what they believe? They believe that regardless of what shot they take, it's going to go in. And sometimes they miss, but they believe that it's going to go in. And so when I played, I didn't have that same confidence. I struggled with that because before I even shot the ball, I would think, well, this is not going to make it. And oftentimes it missed because I had the lack of confidence in myself. And so didn't believe in myself in the same way. But when you look at some of these players after the game, you know, there's, there's a few seconds left in the game. There's tremendous pressure. The ball goes to them. There's the opposition players in their face, but they still take the shot. And sometimes, most amazingly, it goes in with just like one second left or, or zero seconds on the clock. They just shoot it and it goes in. And then the interviewer, you know, they come up and they ask them questions. Tell us what that was like. What were you thinking? And you know what they say? Well, I believed in myself. I knew if I took that shot, it's going to go in. And so they have this amazing confidence in their abilities, which sometimes we struggle with. We struggle with things like that in our life. And sometimes it takes this most minute of things to trigger our insecurities. You know, sometimes a look a conversation, someone said something. Maybe we think that we're not able or we don't have the right attitude or we're not dressed in the appropriate way or whatever it may be. Little things set off our insecurities, weird comments or we overhear something and sometimes it's not even related to us but we have such negative self-talk in our life where we talk ourselves into thinking negatively when even though people might not have actually said anything about us but we have this internal dialogue that constantly berates ourselves and puts ourselves down, you know. Here's what goes on in our mind. Here's what goes on in my mind because sometimes I'm plagued with negative self-talk, you know, thinking, well, you can't do that. Who do you think you are, you know? You can't do it as well as that person. They might have done it way better than you have. You just don't have the skill. You just don't have the qualification. You don't have the ability to do that, you know. You're just going to blow it. You're never going to make it. Why even try? Just give up right now. 
all of these things go on in our mind. And so we all lack confidence in certain areas. And insecurities manifest in at least three types of people, right? We all suffer from insecurities. I want to share with you these three types of people. And sometimes we identify with them and sometimes we might not. But here they are. Number one, people pleasers. You know, people pleasers, they always want to please people. They're like, yes, boss, I'll do that. I'll do whatever. They agree with everyone, even though they don't agree with them. Internally, they don't, they don't agree, but they're just going to verbalize and say, yeah, absolutely true. You know, I think the same thing. I agree with you. And the inside, they don't agree at all. And they're trying to do it just to please the other individual. And sometimes it comes from a place of great insecurity because they just want to be liked. They just want people to like them and have them, want them to be around. And so they just agree with everyone. But see, what happens when you do that is that it erodes your confidence in your own ability. And it diminishes who you are meant to be. It diminishes who you are because you're not actually voicing or talking about what you believe. You're just agreeing with what other people do just to please them. And that's number one. Number two is what I call the fishers. You know, these type of people, they're just fishing for a compliment. They post up a picture on Instagram or Facebook or they share a picture with you and say, don't I look great? Doesn't that outfit look stellar? It's amazing. What do you think? Don't I look great? Or they'll be like, you know, at work, they'll be like, I was the one who did most of that project. You know, I did most of the work on that. Or they'll be like, you know, I was the one that came up with that idea because, you know, I think about these things all the time. So I was the one that actually suggested it to the boss. So I was the one that incepted that idea and came up with that concept. They're always looking for people to say, yes, you're awesome. You're great. They're fishing for a compliment. And the last one is the one-uppers or the big fish people. You know, there's always someone who caught a bigger fish than you. Be like, well, I caught a, you know, 10 kg fish. They're like, really? Well, the other week I caught a 15 kg fish. Or you're like, you know, I went for a skydive last week. And they're like, really? Because I did that a few days ago. It was amazing. You're like, well, I tried, you know, surfing for the first time. You're like, wow, that's awesome because, you know, I'm an amazing surfer. No matter what you did, no matter how much you think you did, they always did something better than you. They're the one-uppers. They think that, you know, we just want to prove that they're better than you and make you feel insecure by making themselves feel better. So by putting you down, they make themselves feel better. And so insecurities really harm us so put us down or take us away from doing so many things. And here's the important thing. Insecurities don't just make us feel bad. They actually rob us. They rob us from being who God wants us to be. They rob us from keeping us from obeying, obeying God. They rob us from following our dreams. They hinder your progress in life. They keep you from experiencing God's fullness and also your true potential. Because insecurities tie you down. And I want you to think about it this way. Think about it that insecurities are like a weight tied around your ankle, right? Anytime you have a dream, anytime you have a vision, anytime you want to be positive about certain things, here's this weight trying to pull you backwards. You're trying to move in this direction. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be able, I'm going to be able to get, accomplish this and do great things. And here's this weight pulling you back saying, who do you think you are? You can't make it. You think you're smart enough. You think you're brilliant enough. You think you're able. And so insecurities 
pull us down and keep us weighed down and keep us stagnant and keep us paralyzed because we are looking at what we can do rather than what we are able to do or what we should be doing. And so it speaks to us, doesn't it? Don't go interview for that job because you know you suck. You're not going to be able to get this job. So why get up, dress yourself, and even go and try that, right? Don't go back to school because you're not smart enough to get a better education. You're not able to do that. Don't lead life groups because if you try to lead other people and and talk about God, they're going to see how empty you really are because you don't know anything about God. So how are you going to lead other people to God, right? Don't ask that girl out because she doesn't like you. Look at her. She's beautiful. And look at you. You're just a nerd. You're not capable enough. You know, don't try to get in shape because if you go to the gym, they're just going to laugh at you because you're so out of shape. I'm kind of like that. I'm so out of shape right now. They're just going to make fun of you because here comes this fat slob and they're just fit and trim and they look amazing and you don't. You know, all those things go on in our mind when we try to become positive and try to move in the right direction. And so, as I said, it keeps us very paralyzed and stagnant. See, it speaks so many things into your minds. And and so today I want to share with you three transforming truths to build confidence. These are key to help you break out of that self-doubt, right? And so here's the most important thing that I want you to gravitate onto. We don't need self-confidence. I didn't say to build self-confidence because I don't think it's self-confidence that we need. What we actually need to cultivate is God-confidence. That's what we need to do. And I want you to look at what the first, first Corinthians, Paul says this in first Corinthians 10 verse 12. And this is the messenger translation. He says this, forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. That's exactly what Paul says. Why should I focus on God confidence rather than on self-confidence? Isn't it about building self up? And I'm going to here to challenge that thinking and say, no, it's not about building you up. It's about building the God in you up. Because when you are with him, you can do all things through Christ, who does what? Who strengthens you. It's not about strengthening yourself. And see, when we rely on our own abilities, we often think that we are more than capable and we we excel at certain things when we find out that we're not. But when we rely on God's strength to, to build us and strengthen us, we know that we're able to do greater things than we conceived of in our life. And so I want you to look at what the scriptures actually inform us because sometimes we rely too much on self-confidence and it often leads to disaster. So we need to rely and cultivate God-confidence. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this, My heart is deceitful. You know, I have thoughts in my heart, I have thoughts in my spirit that sometimes are not always right. Why would I rely on those deceitful thoughts rather than relying on what God says? You know, Matthew 26, 41 talks about this. It says, my flesh is weak. You know, we all suffer from weaknesses. No one is immune. We all go through struggles in our life. And so why rely on weak flesh when we can rely on God's strength? Romans 7, 15 says this, my behavior is inconsistent. And you know that and I know that. When we try to do things the right way, we want to plan 
We want to get things right. We want to make ourselves better. But sometimes we suffer from a lack of consistency. We are not consistent in our behaviors. We're not consistent in how we do things in our life. And so why would we try to build up our insecurities, build up our deceitful heart, build up our weak flesh? Let's not focus on building up the weak things in our life, but let's focus on cultivating a strong God confidence that speaks into our life. Even though we go through all these things, God's desire is not to leave us there, but to make us better. Right, And that's what's amazing. So here's what is really important. Because if we have God confidence, then we don't need to rely on our ability. We need to rest on his transformability. Right? That's what it is. And so listen to what David said. David was an amazing man after God's own heart. And David knew more about relying on God than perhaps any other person, especially when it comes into the old scriptures, you know, looking back into the past as they did at that time. And so David said this amazing thing, and it comes from Psalm 57. It says this, my heart is confident in you, O God. Not in myself. David said, I'm not confident in myself. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. So if we understand that David's encouraging us to have confidence in God, not to have self-confidence, but to have God confidence. And so here's three transforming truths to help build your God confidence. Are you ready? Number one, write it down. My God is always for me. God is always for you. Here's a common misconception that people often believe about God. They believe that God is out to get them, right? He's just sitting up there and he's looking down and he's watching you and he's waiting for you to trip up so he can punish you and say, aha, you messed up. I'm going to just punish you right now. I'm going to make you feel miserable. I'm going to put all these things on you and make you feel bad. That's what people think about God, but that's not who God is at all. That's far from the truth of who God is. In fact, God is completely different. And I want you to think about it this way. As a parent, and if you have kids out there, do you sit around and wait for them to mess up just so you can blame them? Or are you actually encouraging them, blessing them, and wanting them to get better in life? You want to help them succeed and have greatness of, of full of joy when they do succeed. You know? And so it is with God. If we are like that with our kids, how much more would God or God is with us when it comes to us, because he created us and formed us. See, if God is for us, who can be against us, Romans tells us. See, God is on your side. He is your cheering squad. He is your coach. He's invested in your success because he's invested in you. You know, I have a friend who is a coach, and he's a coach of his kids' basketball team. I said, I love basketball. You know, and often went with him as he coached his games. And so his girl was young at the time, and she's grown up, and she's actually now in you know, university playing basketball under scholarship. But I remember watching him coach her as a young girl, you know. And, and so he would encourage her. He would encourage all of them on the team as well, but especially when it comes to his own child. And so 
you know, it's not that she didn't make mistakes, but it's amazing that when she did make mistakes, he pulled it to the side and he didn't criticize her. He didn't talk her down. He didn't put her down, but he actually gave her tips to help her become better. Yes, he did point out her mistakes, but not in a negative way. He said, you know, you could have done better this. In this situation, you could have done that. So he gave her tips to help her succeed, not criticize her and put her down. And he'd celebrate when the team won. And he'd encourage and uplift when they lost. But he was always present. And there was never a time where he put them down and made them feel horrible because they made mistakes. And that's what made them excel. And so as I said before, if God who loves us immensely more than a human parent can, how much more is he invested in our life? How much more is he there for us? How much there? How much more is he there to continue to build us up and strengthen us and encourage us and push us forward and cheer us on because he's there for us? Understand this because we don't do things to please God. We don't do things to get God's approval as Christ followers, we work from the place of approval. There's a huge difference from working for approval and working from a place of approval. And so God is for you, hoping to climb that mountain of a debt that you have in your life. Well, God is for you. He's cheering you on. He, if you have to want to reconcile that broken relationship, well, God is for you. He's invested in seeing that relationship be restored. You want to start a new business? Well, God is for you. He's cheering you on because he wants to help you succeed. If you're praying for a miracle, well, God is right there working a miracle on your behalf because he is for you. Hebrews 10, 35 says this, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings. So, number one transformative truth, God is always for me. Number two, my God always helps me. That's number two. And so, Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 says this again. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. God is there to help us in difficult seasons. God is there to assist us in the trying times of our life. When we go through stressful situations, God doesn't abandon us or tells us you can do it on your own or figure it out by yourself. No, he's there to help us along the way. I remember when I got sick, and if you're with us last week, I talked about this. And so when I got sick, you know, I had a lot of doctor visits that I had to do. And what happened was that my father, you know, he put aside all of his priorities. He put aside whatever he had to do. And he would be there every single time to pick me up and take me to the doctors. It's not that I was incapable of driving, but he made a point of setting aside time to come to pick me up and to drive me to the doctor because he knew it's not just about you know driving me, it's about being there because when you're going through difficult circumstances, you need people that are for you, that are in your corner. And so he would faithfully pick me up and drive me to the doctors every single time. He would take me there, he would sit with me, and he'd bring me back home, and we'd talk about it. And I appreciate that so very much, that time that he took aside 
put aside his priorities and made me a priority at that particular time when I was going through difficult seasons or difficult season in my life. And that's so memorable and important to me. And I think about this in the same capacity as God, our Heavenly Father, who is so much in love with us, that he is willing to do so many things, that he would give his life or send his son to surrender his life, that he can build a relationship with us. Because you see, our Heavenly Father is always present and he's always willing. And we can be confident that he's always willing to help us. Where do you feel unsure? Where do you feel like you need help? In what area of your life do you need assistance? Our God is always there to help you. If it's to strengthen your marriage, if it's to have a difficult conversation with someone in your life, if you're going through financial instability, if you want to just start something, you know, start a ministry, you don't have that, that knowledge or that wisdom, God is there to strengthen you. Words to strengthen you, words to help you endure, faith to move you forward, peace to sustain you in a time of trial. Think about it this way. All of us have been through difficult seasons in our life. And especially as Christ followers, I can think back, I can look back to difficult seasons in my life where if it had not been for God, I don't know where I would be. And it's the same thing as you, you know, as if you're a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, I want to encourage you to rely on God because he's present and wants to help you. He doesn't want you to be isolated and alone. He wants to be present and equip you to help you in difficult circumstances. Think back as Christ followers. Look back at the difficult seasons of your life and see how God's amazing hand was present with you to help you in difficult times. You know, Psalms 46 verse 1 says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And so number one was, my God is for me. Number two is, my God will always help me. And number three is, my God is still working in me. You know, we don't come into this world in a perfect state. We are born and we suffer problems and we go through issues and we struggle. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes other people do evil things to us or harm us in different ways. And we bear the brunt of those repercussions in our emotional ways, in our physical ways, in our mental states. We suffer a whole host of difficult seasons in our life. And we're far from perfect. And as I said at the start, you know, being positive of our, about ourselves is often very difficult. And so when we look at that and we look at our insecurities and we can think of a number of different areas in my life, you know, I can think about that in my life where I wish I was better. And I'm sure the same for you. You have a number of different areas in your life that you wish you were better at or better in or, or more accomplished in. And I have those in my life when I think there's so many different seasons or areas where I wish I could have done better or be better or actually even now become better. And because we think of ourselves so imperfectly, we often disqualify ourselves. We think we're not capable. And God does not think about us in the same fashion, but we do. 
we disqualify ourselves and we think, well, how can I be used by God? Because I'm struggling with this and I'm going through that and I'm, I'm going through mental stuff here and physical stuff there and spiritual stuff here. How can I be used by God? How, how can I be, think that God's going to use me? And so we disqualify ourselves. How could God use someone like me? Here's the important thing. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people who understand that they can rely and trust and lean on him. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for someone who says, I'm perfect, I have it all together, I can do this by myself. He's actually looking for people who say, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it. I feel so insecure. I feel like I'm not able to do this. And that's when he can come along and lift us up and tell us, yes, son, yes, daughter, you can do this because I'm with you. I'm going to help you and I'm still working on you because I'm going to take you to a place if you allow me to strengthen you and build you up into something better. Oftentimes people think that God just puts us on a shelf and leaves us, you know. He puts us on the top shelf and maybe every once in a few years he comes back and and tinkers with us and then sees what's going on in our life. And that's absolutely 100% untrue. That's far from the truth. The reality is that God is constantly, ever-presently working on our life. We're on God's workbench every single moment and he's constantly trying to build us up and strengthen us and equip us and make us see ourselves in the way that he sees us that he loves us and that he's doing improvements on our life on a daily and consistent basis he wants us to become the way that he sees us and not the way that we see ourselves so we can rely on his confidence and not on our confidence you know Not many of you know this, but my brother actually used to paint. He's quite a good painter. And on my mother's living room, there's this amazing painting of these wonderful African elephants in this amazing savanna, you know. And he painted this for her a few years ago. But it didn't happen instantly. I remember he would put it up in his room and he would work on it. And it took him many months to actually complete this painting. And it's an amazing painting. Ask my mother if you get to go to a house one day to show it to you. And so it took time. It took time to complete this. It wasn't done in a day. It wasn't done in a few weeks. But he was constantly working on it, constantly trying to put it together, constantly trying to improve it, constantly trying to bring it to a stage of completion. And it took a long time to get there. But now that it's complete, it's actually framed and hung on a wall so all who see it can enjoy it. And it's the same thing in our life. God is working on us, but he doesn't just want us to sit on the wayside and wait to be completed before we can be viewed or before we can be used. It doesn't matter where we are in our walk with Christ. He's willing to use us to do great things. And he wants to let you know that if you rely on him, you're able to accomplish great things. Things And this is the thought that Paul, this great apostle of faith, communicates to the church and he communicates to the Philippians. And he writes this in Philippians 1 verse 6. He says, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And here's 
the reality of that situation. You may struggle with spiritual doubts. You may struggle with physical ailments. You may struggle with nagging habits you just have not overcome yet. You've been neglecting God sometimes in your life. You know, you have not been praying consistently. You haven't been going to church consistently. You haven't even been watching church online even though you're at your home consistently. And sometimes those nagging things make us feel like we're not worthy enough, you know, that we're just not going to be able to make it. But here's the truth. God is still working on you. You're not completed yet, but that does not mean that you're not loved, that he doesn't want to help you, that he's not invested in you. He still has a positive outlook for your life. And he just wants you to see that from his point of view, for you to understand that we are not at the place of completion yet, but that does not mean he's not present, he's not working, he's not helping, he's present working consistently on your life. And if you understand this, yes, we sometimes fail, but God is not through with us yet. He's not waiting for you to be perfect, to use you and to bless you. He's doing it right now. And so think about it in this fashion. Thankfully, we don't have to struggle with self-confidence when we can rely on being God confident. Be confident in this fact that God who started a great work in you is still working on you. You are more than able. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer and you can do all things through Christ who will strengthen you. Understand that no weapon that's formed against you will prosper because God is on your side He's invested in you and he wants to see you come through relying on his strength and not on your ability. And so Paul again closes out this amazing thought about being God confident, relying on God's confidence. And he says this in Colossians 1 verses 4 and 5. He says this, For we have heard of your faith, speaking to the Colossian church, We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. You see, they had this amazing expectation and hope in Christ Jesus. And we have that same amazing expectation and hope. And they were confident that God was doing something in their life. And so we have these transforming truths just as much as they do. That God is for me. That God is helping me. That God is still working in me. To build your God confidence. And if you look at that in that perspective, you're going to have this amazing transformative power to be positive in your outlook to life because you're not relying on self-confidence, but you're cultivating a God confidence to help you overcome every obstacle you face in your life. So let's begin to cultivate God confidence. So transformers, 
everyone watching and maybe you're not a Christ follower and this is something brand new to you and you've always heard someone tell you know have a bit more confidence in yourself and that's true but here's the reality of who we are as Christ followers that we rely on God's strength God's help and God's confidence to take us through every season of our life. And so we don't have to do this by ourselves if we lean into God and who he is. And I want to encourage you, if you're not a Christ follower, get to know who God is. And you can put your faith, your trust, and your confidence in him. And you will see the transforming power of what that does in your life to help you weather difficult seasons. So let's get ready to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray for all members that might not even know God or understand who he is. I want to pray for them as well. And if you have not accepted or decided to follow Christ, I want to encourage you to be a Christ follower. Follow Jesus because he will never lead you astray. Every day with him gets better and better. And he leads you from strength to strength and from glory to glory. So Transformers and everyone watching, let's pray together. And remember these transforming truths to help build God confidence. Number one, God is for me. Number two, God helps me. And number three, God is working in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these amazing transformative truths that come from your scripture, from your word, that help us focus in on who we are supposed to lean on in difficult seasons. I pray that your light will continue to come and help us through every stressful, difficult and trying situation in our life. That we can have confidence that you are working in us, that you are helping us, that you are for us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will lead us through every season of our life. And so we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. We pray for all those watching right now, whether they're in their homes here in Australia or across the world, would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? And let them know that you are doing amazing things and will continue to do amazing things in their life. And so we honor you, we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.